Welcome to Missouri Loves Company. I'm Brock Wilbur. I'm Vivian Kane. And with us tonight is Nick Stavropoulos. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Nick? Not Nico? You can call me Nico. I worried it's been 10 years that you might have changed the approach. Uh, I start going my Nico a little bit more. Uh, it kind of comes out of me when I'm drunk, usually. Um, this so, is your version of like smoking when you're drunk. You're like, I, I add an O onto my name. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So for people <laughs> like me and literally everyone else, uh, Brooke, how do you know Nick? <laughs> uh, Nick and I went to high school and middle school together. Uh, we ran the musical theater program at Salina South. Uh, we were in a band. Several bands? Several bands. Several bands. Uh, Is that one of the bands you were singing the song from earlier today about being in a no. hotel room and smoking the marijuana? Come on. <laughs> you can't sell me out like this. Police listen to this. I'm trying to be in a politic. Was was Nico was Nick Nico in can, the band that you were singing a song from earlier today? And can you share with everyone that song? Uh, d- earlier today, <laughs> uh, I managed to remember a song from the Stereotypes. Oh, yeah. Uh, who was a band from our rival high school that I was in. Sorry, also, to any moms and dads of ours listening, no one ever smoked marijuana, ever. Not (laughs) once. You are ruining this. Uh, Yeah, I managed to remember a song today from an album that I recorded with them about them trying to get uh, Craig Orton to pay them $40 over uh, damaged hotel room fees as sophomores. And she's like, what were you doing? Yeah, why do, uh, why do a bunch rooms? of boys like, go to marijuanas. a hotel room together? <laughs> yeah. Also, I know Brock never smoked pot in high school, so that was even a lie. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that song on their album is bookended by various uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force waves that we downloaded off of Napster. Because you couldn't download whole al- uh, like whole episodes yet. You could just get like 10 seconds like... Hello! I'm a milkshake! Like that's Where's what... my whiskey? I'm gonna get tore up. <laughs> really heavy subject matter. Hi, this is your favorite Aqua Teen Hunger Force fan podcast, uh, Missouri Loves Company. Oh my God. Have we said the name of the podcast yet? This is Missouri Loves Company. Welcome to Squid Billies. Uh, yeah, Nick and I were best friends in high school. Uh, we did all these things together, and we have not spoken since. So there's first question is, uh, fuck you. Where were Thanks. you? Why? Uh, I Nick. was in a hole. <laughs> oh, <Just> okay. <laughs> trying to uh, figure out life, I think, as we all do. And uh, landed here in Kansas City area. You are here and now. Where were and... you between? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So you guys grew up in Salina together, and now you're here. Where Where was the rest of that hole? Where Where, where Define you your hole. Yeah. How, how far does your hole here? stretch? Uh, hey, it's tell actually us your migrated. Story. I slowly started migrating east from Salina. Yeah, uh, manifest destiny eastward bound. Yeah, precisely. That's what um, all of our forefathers did. What are you doing? Do I? That's my history. I'm right? trying. It's uh, reverse. I didn't pay attention destiny. in school. Yeah. <laughs> um, went to school in Manhattan. Went to school in Topeka. Manhattan. Lived in Lawrence Kansas. for a while. Manhattan, Kansas. Oh, yeah. Just for our metropolitan listeners. Yeah, the number of times I've been in a band playing Manhattan and my friends in New York are like, where the fuck are you? Like, oh, my my friends, the little apple. When people here talk about Manhattan, when they talk about liberal, like all of these things have taken on new meanings. Liberal Uh, Kansas Viv is referencing liberal Kansas, which is one of the smallest towns. Guess what? It's not. (laughs) Our favorite oxymoron. Yeah. (laughs) And I sort of wish that they all like just turned on each other every night in this sort of like purge situation. (laughs) Liberal Kansas, not that liberal. Kansas City, actually in Missouri. <laughs> what is happening? 
So, so you've migrated slowly eastern. Slowly How long have eastern. you been here specifically? Um, let's see. About twenty minutes. Five years now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and you are sorry. Go ahead. And you and you are a lawyer here in Kansas City. I am indeed. You do. It was very City funny attorney. because she was like, "Send me the information." Yeah, on, I was on like, Nick. "What do I need to know about Nick? Why? What is he coming to talk about? What do we know?" And Brock sent. Brock was like. He's a lawyer, and we went to high school together. <laughs> and, and so then I Googled your, like, lawyer.com page, yeah. where there's that breakdown of, like, it's the sort of, of, of the courses, of the of the things that you've tried, and it's like, 15% DUIs, 30% divorces. Yeah. And I was just like... So, In that so that's font, yeah. yeah. My exciting avo.com profile. Yeah, I was like, yeah. you're defined as a family lawyer, but I was just like, oh, he just does all... Like he just does whatever comes across the desk. It really should be called general practice is is more like it. I I picked up some stuff recently that I haven't done before. Um, Dabbling in some property issues. uh, A couple civil defense cases where big guys are trying to stomp on little guys. And I think that sucks. I don't like it. So I try to stop it. Is this why we haven't talked? Because you dislike when big guys... Stomp on little guys. Well, I came here to be stomped, so... Nick is a smaller person than I am. <laughs> I should have started well, to find that. Well, everyone's a smaller person than you are. You are a literal giant. <laughs> this is such a delight because it's just so nice to see. Like, it is... Uh, I think I've said it on the podcast before. There are people we went to high school with, like, Tom Sellers lives in this neighborhood. Oh, my God. Tom Sellers. Wait, is that someone I've actually met? Yes. Okay. We went on <laughs> oh, his, that's Tom. On his I thought tour. I was just making a joke because I no. haven't met any. I work from home and I live in a new town. I have. I think I've met literally no one, but apparently I've met the one person that I was about to make a joke about. Yeah, I've met Tom. I actually like Tom. Everyone Ignore that, my joke. Everyone Strike it from the record. Back, we've moved back here. It's like, <laughs> it's not the worst person I knew in high school. It's not the craziest, best person I've known. It's all these middle-of-the-road people. That, do you that think I'm like, that's also what they say about you? Everyone thinks sure, you're the best fine. person they met in high but school. But also, though, right? like, I'm like, but that was 10 years ago, and like, it was, like you knew Tom Sowers, and you're like, that's a person we went to high school Brock with. Brock was surprised <laughs> he had books in his home. Like, Tom, he was surprised he part. owned a book. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was just the range of books. No, you were surprised he owned a book. He had fantasy books like Game of Thrones, and in high school, and I think he would have shoved people into lockers he over Game of Thrones. He maps on the wall, like he knows a world exists. Like our bar is set very low Bird. here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, are you embarrassed that I called out the exact thing you said last week? So, Nick, how are you? Um, I'm doing very well. This is, is this uh, making it weird? That was funnier uh, if you could see the dead-eyed stare Brock was giving me as he slowly sipped a beer. And I asked Nick I, how I, he was doing. I was going to let that yeah. dead-eyed stare happen because I like it. If we happen to think... edit all of this out, that's fine. Or if everyone hears what our marriage sounds like, that's also fine. Cool. I love you. So, Nick, how are you? I'm so well. Though. When did you We're get asking. your lawyer degree? <laughs> I graduated in 2012 in May, passed the bar that summer. Did you get right out of college and and get into the the lawyer thing, or did you take some time and find yourself? I took some find yourself time. I was one of those. Where'd that take you? Where did you find that? Oh, wouldn't you know, it was back in Salina, Kansas. (laughs) I took that uh, awesome millennial downtime, moving back in with the folks and trying to figure things out. Yeah, moving back in with the folks, it's it's weird. Sometimes it's easier to find yourself when you have to spend money on nothing else. 
True. Yeah. Um, and it frees some, up a lot of brain space. Some of that money went to, oh, uh, let's take the LSAT because what the hell. See how, see if you do okay. And What'd you get on that? An L? L plus? L plus. L plus? I actually my man. really don't remember my score. Is that an it's actual based on a, It's a weird grade? Scale. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I don't know. Lawyer, it was lawyer to get plus. In, which is all that matters. I got accepted. Thank you, Washburn. <laughs> Topeka. Topeka. Indeed. So you really have done this sort of very direct eastward expansion of like every year or two, I'll do another 30 miles. <laughs> right. It's a uh, you, 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 caution. You I'm measuring took the same steps. amount of time to get here as I've taken to get here. Right. But you just stopped at all the fucking cow poke holes along the way. Like way less interesting places. <laughs> Did you stop at Ozark Land? Uh, go out there for <laughs> vacation sometimes. <laughs> okay. We Let's stopped see. by the winery. Oh, yeah. We stopped by the Oz Winery. In Wamago. Yeah, Wamigo is what you're... Pa- I, I said Wamago and your mom like laughed at me. Oh, the Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> yeah. That's where Dorothy's actually from, I guess. Yeah, they didn't really make that clear on the tour. I didn't know if it was just... One of the best parts of this is that Viv and her mom uh, did this sort of cross-country trip when they when and my, was a And my younger brother, yeah. And they're like, we stopped by a place with a yellow brick road, well, but it was not this fucking yeah, place. I, so now I, it's like, where are the other yellow brick roads in the middle of the Literally country? anywhere else in Kansas? Yeah, I said this to my mom, because my mom and my younger brother came out for Thanksgiving, and uh, did we already talk about this? A little bit on the podcast, but it's okay to repeat a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, for our uh, non-constant listeners, um, uh, subscribers, do we have any of those yet? Mm. No? Okay. Um, Yeah, my my mom and younger brother came out, and we all took a trip, a road trip, uh, when I was, like, probably 10, (laughs) 9 or 10, um... I love that you got it finally settled on what year it was because I thought it was a much bigger range. Well, it is because all of we took a lot of road trips when I was younger and they all kind of blend together. But this one was just me, my mom, and my younger brother, and not my older brother, which excludes a couple of years when he like got too old to care to come with us. Um, but I, I talked to my mom about stopping by this winery and I was like, I have this vague memory of going to some uh, uh, like. Wizard of Oz Museum, and this isn't sounding as interesting as I'm talking about it, but I was like, all I remember, my mom was like, no, I don't remember that, and I was like, all I remember is some giant swirly yellow brick road mural painted on the ground, and she was like, oh my god, I remember this, but she could not remember where it was either, so we were like, let's go to this yellow brick road museum, it's right by a yellow, it's right by an Oz winery, and it's right by another uh, cheesery, which isn't a word, but like a a, a cheese creamery. store. Exactly. Which was uh, fucking which is, closed. Which is actually a thing that people give a shit about and we it couldn't go closed. there. It was closed. We drove it by it. It took us four passes to figure out how to pass by the gravel train tracks uh, to get to it and then it was closed anyway. But anyway, then we went to the This is the sort of Lindsborg situation where it's like, yeah. I just saw uh, wooden horses everywhere. I did not know where to enter. You know, what's halfway <laughs> between Salina and Kansas City? A, a dairy farm. Or it's not a farm, but whatever. And also also, a Oz museum that definitely was not a place any of us had ever been to before once we got there. <laughs> we, we, I, I was Googling in the car later, like, 
other places with other yellow places. brick road? So, <laughs> like, what? Give me the listicles that list that. I have off. Lived yeah, this was my when, entire life here. I don't know of when, any I, when other I was yellow brick road places. When I was young, my my parents uh, both owned Volkswagen vans, and we used to take a lot of road trips. Uh, and this was the first one that I remember, which was supposed to be a cross country trip. And then <laughs> my like nine, 10 year old brain, uh, but my mom supports this. What happened was uh, we just said no thanks about halfway. So we, we then uh, like went up through the Texas panhandle up through Kansas and as I'm saying it, no, this was a different trip because my older brother was on it. I don't know. I wasn't going to say I was nine. Anything. I was nine. Maybe I took 12 trips. Maybe I took one. I don't know. But the time that we went through Kansas, no, I think it was the same trip. I don't know. I have a very bad memory. I was a drunk nine-year-old. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> or was we, it the marijuana? It was one or the other. We were in Volkswagen vans the whole time. I don't know. But yeah, we went up through the Texas Panhandle. And we're just like, no, thank you. Uh, and got caught in a, a tornado in a Kansas campsite. <laughs> and so my the only memory, I have two memories of Kansas. One is of this fucking mural on the ground of a swirly yellow brick road. And the other is of being trapped with my younger brother and my mom in a KOA campsite uh restroom during a tornado while my older brother was in the van out in at the actual campsite he ended up being fine and I think like slept through the whole thing even though I'm pretty sure like trees crashed all around him but these are my memories of Kansas can I ask if you've considered the prospect that you got none stuck of it in a tornado happened. did you go to the actual land of Oz not the Wamigo knockoff you know I saw a swirly yellow brick road and it turned out not to be at this museum so so it could really be anywhere. Did a man lie to you? <laughs> Did he lie to me? Can't coward. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I was fucking nine. Uh, this uh, this allows us to do a little bit of a retread. Uh, our our also, best Terrence, episode thus far. Terrence, cut all of that boring story. <laughs> Terrence, you're our best friend. <laughs> Leave that in. Uh, <laughs> our best episode so far. Uh, uh, listener Until wise now. has been uh, us coming back here and yeah. just decompressing Thanksgiving where her San Francisco family came out and had to deal with my Salina family. And there is a moment from it that I realized that we've forgotten because I just fixated on it while I was home recently, uh, which is that uh, my grandfather began screaming at her mother, Fox News, Fox News, no, Fox News. That's, okay. It's not what happened, but also what happened was just as bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Everything was going terribly, and uh, this will be a moment that I feel like me and my wife will cherish forever, which is that uh, my uncle's daughter had just been in a production of a chorus line, and he had put up a number of different videos of it onto his Facebook page. Which and my your grandpa- grandfather had just joined Facebook. He had just joined Facebook, uh, which has allowed him to put like a frowny face onto something that Viv posted once, and I was very confused I don't remember it. him doing literally anything on Facebook. I think that Paul, your uncle, yeah, signed him up was, for Facebook, and he has not done anything on the site since. So he was like, we want to watch these videos, and we we're like, we'll do this. And then they went apocalyptic at Thanksgiving with their political yeah, beliefs. Yeah, talking about tax law to my 
accountant, my CPA mother, and talking about Fox News to me, which How would I you say, know? <laughs> I will not talk about Fox News. So finally, Brock, Brock kept running away, uh, and I kept cornering him in the kitchen saying, please come back and do something, handle this. Uh, and so Brock got the great idea, actual great idea, not sarcastic great idea, to put on these videos on the television through the Chromecast, which took literally an hour, which is not a bad thing. That was an hour when no one could fight about anything except what you were doing with the television and how you were doing it And wrong. it is that Chromecast moment that uh, I, I just cherish so much because it was like, we have to figure out the Wi-Fi password for my house. No one in my family knows the Wi-Fi password, but it's written on a piece of paper. It's definitely hidden somewhere either in a basement or in a catacomb. Uh, but we needed that password to make everyone stop being racist to each other. No, all we needed was Actually, for them to like focus it, on you not knowing what the password was. It was pretty peaceful was. in that moment when they're all directing their it anger at you. Brock, they needed you to be yeah. the why, whipping boy. Why can't you connect it? Yeah. Brock was doing everything wrong. It was a solid wrong. 20 minutes, and it was in this time Also, I, this podcast is brought to you by Chromecast, so... <laughs> is, it is in that time that my either my mom or dad or my mom and dad together uh, had the both. joke of... Uh, Hey, wh- why are you fucking this up? And like my reaction to it was just to like do this very controlled, very specific scream that would hit you in in your chest in just like a one centimeter by one oh, centimeter yeah, through space. Through eye contact with me, I heard the scream. I I did it, and like I was worried like everyone will be concerned, and instead everyone was like, well, "What a funny joke!" And I was like. This is where we've reached. They just they all know what they're yeah. doing. But, and I'm being fucked with on top of this. But also, and I love that. We are closer to Christmas than we are the, to Thanksgiving, so we're about to have a whole new set of things. So maybe let's start. Hey, Nick, how are you? So good. <laughs> so there's a reason so. that Nick is invited on here, and that is that we've just moved out here. Uh, I haven't talked to you in a decade, and you are that person from high school who lives out here with me who is just doing leftist liberal shit on your Facebook page <laughs> all day long in that way mm-hmm. that I know that... I know what it is like to still have friends from high school in Salina that just jump in like, hey, I want to play devil's advocate here. And you're like, fuck no. Like, come on, grow up. And they're like, okay, it's gone. And you just do it unabashedly all day, every day. And I was like, okay, so what's happening here? And so this is also a fun moment for me to uh, announce to the listenership. I have taken a job where I'll be writing about politics uh, for this area for a national website starting in uh, the new year. I'm very excited to be a part of it, and part of what led to that was that we were watching the Kansas City Star hosted mm-hmm. a big Q&A session for all of the Democratic senator or governor, governor. candidates yeah. for next year. And what happens in Kansas is a very interesting thing. Like, Can, can, we, can I also interrupt really yeah. quickly to say, like, we wanted to go... Uh, watch it in person and they they were offering tickets up and mm-hmm. uh it wasn't it wasn't like a raffle thing I don't think like you were able to submit to it and they ended up accepting me and not Brock even though we both live in a different state because this was Kansas not, and I submitted not on your behalf <laughs> no I no I submitted oh okay yeah uh we I don't know if you submitted on my behalf I did as well you don't actually. get a plus one no, no, no. So I, they accepted me, but then we we watched it, and you could see the room. And Brock swears it was a larger room than it looked like, but it looked to me to be about sixty people in like like a portable sort of like high school room. And there were about maybe three women under forty there. So I could I could understand why they wanted me 
me there and not Brock because the people that yeah. go to these things in Kansas uh, don't really look like either of us. Uh, so it was it was exciting for both of us to watch from home because they broadcast this thing uh, with about 60 people in the room and what, four or five candidates? Uh, five, yeah. Five. And, and so what happens is that in Kansas, uh, we have a pretty good history of they'll just take the best candidate. It's actually one of the best things about uh, Kansas is that like, They'll be fucking mega racist about president, uh, but everything that happens on a local election on up sort of to governor, they're like, well, what do you got? And that's why we had Kathleen Sebelius, who under Obama became head of all education stuff, which was a much better use for her because when she was hanging around Kansas, nothing was getting passed uh, legislation wise. Uh, and and so there, there's always a back and forth here. So we have. A real fuck ass in 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 the house right now, uh, and uh, we're looking at who could possibly be a Democratic candidate for governor next year, which will be a big national election. And part of my job now uh, at this new site, uh, as was pitched to me, is that like uh, all local elections elections are now nationalized. Like everyone mm-hmm. gives a shit. Like look at a Rome War thing. Like every seat matters, everything matters, and it matters on this scale that politics has never existed well, at, where, like, people that live in Maine now give a, sh- a fuck about what happens in Wichita. I, and- I mean, it especially matters when there is an outsider running. Like, Doug Jones wasn't... It, it wasn't just another election right. in Alabama. It was a fucking Democrat won Alabama. Like, it would be awesome if we were publicizing, like, uh, you know, it's all women running in Kansas, but it's not. But, like, we were paying attention to all the Democrats running in Kansas, which there was, like, one person of color and, what was it, five people It's five people. So it was, like, one person of color, uh, three white dudes, and one dude who showed up in, like, a Lycra polo shirt and because he thinks that he got, can do got, something And different. here is that breakdown. <laughs> uh, we got some high five school people, students running. Five people showed up Kansas. for this. Yeah, we, we've had that before. Uh, we have five people running as Democrat right now, and here's the breakdown. Uh, Which, first of all, any of them, great, sure, run Kansas, fine. Also, but... this is the first time we've had a Democratic primary for governor in Kansas in a couple decades. Wait, how first time normally... since I've been registered as a voter. I don't know. I'm so. I'm so. <laughs> this is something we've been over on the podcast before. I'm incredibly naive when it comes to Midwestern <laughs> politics. How do you not? What? How is there not normally a Democratic primary? Like, is there just like I don't know? This is a guy. It's usually... God, how uh, do I not know how these things work yet? Consigned to, uh, well, the Democrat just doesn't have a chance. So, they so ju- they're just like, this is a dude. Like, the Democrats don't even get a primary here normally? Well, we're there. We have, we have everything here basically... There, not here, down. there. Five miles <laughs> so, there. west of here. <laughs> everything here, I think, boils down to, like... Uh, Somebody winds up being on the ballot, and then those two people. How do they want to see again? I okay. Explain it to me like I'm a child, because I am (laughs) I am from a place where everyone gets a primary election, even Republicans in San Francisco. I think get a primary. Actually, never mind. I don't pay attention to them. Maybe they don't. Am am I the equivalent of a Republican in San Francisco? Is that a Democrat in Missouri? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe so. a lot of the uh, a lot of this podcast is me admitting that I am a child when it comes to Republican politics. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that 
that might be actually pretty accurate. Oh, um, one of my best I've literally never noticed if there is a, a Republican primary. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> one of my best friends in law school was a Republican from Massachusetts, and he said, well, yeah, when I moved out here, I'm pretty much a Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I move out here, I am pretty much like socialist propaganda. I mean, compared to, like, a uh, uh, San Franciscan and Missouri, yeah. There is a difference. But I think we're starting to turn the tide in the amount of candidates who have entered the race on the Democratic side is a good sign that, you know, we actually want to put forward somebody who can win the election statewide. Sure. And get a Democrat in office. Which there isn't the pushback you would imagine there. Uh, so this is the list of the people that were showing up at this debate that we watched, which we watched the whole thing. And uh, a part of this podcast is also me and Viv being like, we want to take part in politics. And also some of it is like me admitting I don't know how politics out here work. <laughs> or, or us both being like, I was tired on Saturday. I didn't show up. Uh, no. Well, we, we just we we haven't that... been there or like we, we got out here right after the election. and We couldn't vote. Uh, so like watching this thing was the first sort of line is like, this is who is competing. Okay. I also wouldn't under, that's, I wouldn't undersell us as saying like, we didn't feel like it. We were tired. Like we missed deadlines moving out here. We, you didn't get accepted into the debate. Like don't undersell us and say like, we just didn't feel like it. Like it is really hard reinvesting in politics in not just a new state, but a new state that is the opposite of where we're coming from. That is halfway across the country more than halfway across across the country for both of us, even though you're from here. Like, no, I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. There hasn't been a single thing that I've done here that we've been like, well, we're just tired. Like, no, don't, don't undersell us. We are, we are trying, we could be trying a whole lot harder. I think probably pretty much literally everyone in America could be trying harder. Uh, Thank you for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. My joke didn't land on that thing, and, and we're we're doing better than we think. Uh, well, we're we're not doing as well as we want to, but don't don't chalk it up to like we're just fucking lazy. Everyone's lazy. We're lazy, but there it is really hard to get reinvested in politics in right. a new in a new city that is the opposite of where you're coming from. Like yeah. it, not like it would be easy to move to Manhattan and get reinvested in the in the political scene, but. I, th- I think, I don't know. You, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to tell you that you're wrong in what you said, but you're wrong in what you said. Like, not to give us too much credit, but uh, that's the entire point of this podcast is trying to invest in a political scene that is the literal opposite of everything that we've existed in for years. So. And I think what you'll find is that Kansas City is a more progressive city than it gets credit for. We are finding that um, a lot. You just, yeah. And, and what you're doing right now is a pretty amazing thing, which is keeping Fighting conversations happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's entertaining. But <laughs> <laughs> the uh, larger point of the podcast, um, talking about why is it that more liberal ideas aren't act, aren't winning more people over mm-hmm. in this area. And I'm encouraged by things like, to speak for the Missouri side now, mm-hmm. um, we had a candidate for Senate, uh, Jason Kander, who was the Secretary mm-hmm. of State in Missouri, who lost his Senate race by three points 
when Trump won Missouri by 17. And he did that by not by shying away from progressive ideas, but by actually traveling the state and having real conversations with people. So I think what I I, at least what Mm -hmm. I hope you're finding is the more you talk to people, the more that uh, it's it's not that they are averse to these ideas. I think they just don't hear them enough. Mm -hmm. And so I I applaud you for your efforts. And I'm excited to take part in this. And Kinder was the very young dude, right? Mm -hmm. Right. I think he's 35, something like that. Oh, that's too young. (laughs) Too young. (laughs) Uh, so we watched this uh, debate amongst the people that are running for governor on the Democratic ticket in Kansas. And this was this moment that I was like, Nick has to come on the show because you'd already I'd seen on Facebook earlier in the day really leveled where you were. And we'll get to that. Uh, but here are the five candidates that were up. Uh, there is Jim Ward, who is the Kansas House Minority Leader. There is Josh, Josh Foddy, who we'll come back to, uh, who is the former state uh, agriculture secretary. There is Robert Klingenberg, who is labeled as a salesman, but I, we have to tell you, he drives a Frito-Lay truck and he loves to re <laughs> to tell people, I drive a fucking Frito-Lay truck and I'm up here because Frito-Lay truck guy should, and government be, that's the whole fucking... I don't know, uh, I'm a Doritos voter, so <laughs> I just don't think that's going to work for me. Uh, then there's Carl Brewer, who is the former Wichita mayor, which if you don't know Kansas, Wichita is where the crime moved to, and uh, he's just this cool big dude who definitely lived through a sort of political gambit that no one else in Kansas he's could possibly He's also fathom. the one candidate of color, right? He's the yes, one he black man running for office. Oh, 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 then there's the other one who is uh, Arden Anderson, oh, who is right. also of color. I'm sorry, my my, my mistake, yes. Uh, uh, who is a physician who has traveled the world, but everything that he has to say <laughs> is the, like, well, when I was in Europe, here's how they do healthcare and we should do it like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sorry, like, it's this clear is why beyond I the realm. him out. He's it's just, beyond the realm of what you can possibly do. He he has a global view, which I completely respect, but Brock kept, Brock was sitting next to me. I was like, I totally relate to everything he's saying. And then Brock was next to me being like, stop talking about France. People in Kansas <laughs> aren't going to want to hear you talk about France. You can't <laughs> vote France in as just yeah. a law. Like, well, we're France now? Here's what they do in France. I'm like, cool, I want to live in France. We only have one place yeah. that does cheese well, and it was closed. <laughs> you and I know we're frustrated so with one that. One day a week. I so, had to make five shakes across a gravel uh, train tracks to visit the the cheese place in Kansas. <laughs> so so Carl Brewer is the sort of guy that, like, when he talks, he talks in the way as if, like, I once punched a guy that pulled a gun on me, and you're like, oh, shit, you're here. And, like, you, you ran Wichita and in the scheme of things, that makes sense. But what does that make sense uh, for for Kansas? And then there's Greg Frito-Lay, who <laughs> drives a truck. And his whole, like, I, I appreciate it because somebody could write a screenplay about it. Like, But every answer he gave was like, well, I needn't have an opinion on that because here's the thing. Everyone is everything. And you're like, that's not, what are you even doing? Uh, but then there was Josh Spotty, and you seem to love Josh. And tell us why we should also love Josh. I absolutely love Josh. Um, I actually got to know him in high school. He came to our school when he was campaigning for state rep. Uh, he's oh, my God. Is this that guy? Oh, you didn't know that. Oh, my God. 
Oh, I didn't put that together. Okay. But also this from that other thing. Live. Okay, just now? Wait, he came That's to your cool. high school? Yeah, he came to our high school to campaign um, and get 18-year-olds registered to vote, which is an awesome thing. We need mm-hmm. to make it easier for people to vote, not harder, and more voters is always better. And he was a state rep. I think he was only four years older than us. So yeah. he was first elected at 22 to the Kansas State Legislature. Um, he's from central Kansas. He's got east to west statewide appeal. And I, I love him because he's got experience, but he's still young. He's very passionate. He's a great debater. He's a very smart guy. And the most important thing for me when I'm evaluating candidates in a Democrat primary for the first time is who actually has a chance to win mm-hmm. and what's the path to victory. Um, in Kansas, you have to win the blue counties. Mm-hmm. You've got to win Douglas. That's Lawrence. You've got to win Wyandotte, KCK. you got to win Shawnee. That's Topeka. Um, and then just not get your ass kicked everywhere else. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm again, naive for red state politics. You, you're saying that for a Democrat to win, they have to win blue, blue counties. Why? What would it take for a Democratic candidate to not win blue counties in a red state. And this is also a preamble to that, which is that uh, Kansas is built up of 150 counties uh, because yeah. the idea... Oh, 105. 105. Because mm-hmm. the idea was that you have to have a, uh, a county courthouse within a day's horse riding distance of any farm. And we never went back and fixed that. So there is, uh, within Kansas, just a fucking insane number of people that work in uh, local government for these 105 counties, because including for counties where there aren't people that live there. It's just like, well, you know, we set this up and no one's going to remove this county. So do traditionally blue counties in Kansas uh, not always vote Democrat? No, absolutely not. Um, so it's pres- that's what's great about it. It's presumed that anybody who wins this Democratic nomination is going to carry those places. Okay. So when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, who is going to carry the places we expect to win mm-hmm. and not get beat so badly everywhere else? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love Josh as a person. Like I said, I think he's a really smart guy. He's got experience, but he has east to west statewide appeal. He's a mm-hmm. central Kansas farmer. Yeah. And you also mentioned he's been to every county to he talk has. to people. Which is an insane number of counties. He has been yeah. to all 105 on counties. Though? He is the only candidate <laughs> on either side, actually, to have visited every county already in this wow. race. Not was, not it, the guy in the Lycra polo shirt who's like, I'm going to do change. He not, hasn't been to all the counties the on Frito Lay, The Frito-Lay van has not made it to Weird. all 105 counties. Weird. He seems so determined to make change. <laughs> We Rock. don't mean to show him. <laughs> no. Like, it's fine. No, I think it's great. Okay. I think it's great for anyone who... I love um, the passion. You're, you're like an the ESPN passion. commentator. <laughs> I think, He's I think, a real gym rat. <laughs> I think, in theory, it is Good great for anyone who is fed up with politics that thinks that they can make change and wants to make change. I think that's why we're seeing yeah. so many... I think that's why so many women right now and people of color and my... any. 
any marginalized group is being encouraged to say like, you know what? You always think that you have to have incredible amounts of experience before you finally throw your hat in the ring and you don't. You just have to have passion. I think it's great for anyone, any marginalized person to finally like think to finally declare it's their time. Uh, You don't have to be the most experienced person to throw your hat in the ring. Um, In theory, that is great. In reality, that's why we have Donald fucking Trump in the White House, because he was a person that thought, I don't have to have literally any experience. And uh, so to Hi, see... I'm a guy that looks like the human version of a box of lucky I don't know. Charms. <laughs> I'm, I'm running on the word change, not actual change, like Obama or Hillary Clinton or literally anyone that has any reason to want change. I'll Just roll the a D&D word change. dice. Yeah. <laughs> And, so. and that was what, so uh, we, we watched this lineup of people and it was so interesting because, and I worry that uh, your comment had uh, swayed us a little bit, but I was like, Josh Fadi, let's watch this guy. Well, and no, his- I mean, we watched, we watched down the line and I was like, that guy's cool. That guy's cool. Yeah. That guy's weird. That guy's cool. And then Brock was like, oh, that's the guy we're supposed to watch. And I don't think it like changed our minds, but it did focus us it a did, little. It did focus us because Josh Fadi responds to people like a human being with with What's sense that? in yeah. politics. What's what is that? that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone else up there, including the people that I'm like, oh yeah, I I understand what you've gone through in politics, but also like mm-hmm. his answers felt like a human being responding to things instead he of like might care what you he seems yeah. very passionate and what you've yeah. been through. And, and with also knowing that you were like, oh, he visited every county. And I was like, that's an insane thing. Yeah. No one should ever go to all counties in Kansas. Uh, yeah. maybe if that's I why was no one the has. god of Kansas, <laughs> I, also, I would never do that. I don't think I even said this to you while we were watching, but he started to remind me very much of how I start talking about things where I'm talking about something that I care about. And then it sounds like I am so angry at the things that are holding back the thing that I'm caring about. And like, I heard that tone in his voice multiple times throughout this debate. And that really made me. Oh, I hear it now. Yeah. He's like, you know, we just have to focus on this thing because it is just crazy (laughs) that it is working in this way. I was like, I really like you. I wish at some point he had tied it in and be like, and you know what holds us back? It's the Frito-Lay trucks. (laughs) Fucking Doritos. Hey, to to explain what makes this so funny to us, uh, on this stage there were five people, uh, four of which, uh, three of which were in blue suits. The Frito Lay guy was in a blue, uh, like oh, polo was... shirt. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and then the last guy, who is this guy that is European that we have called out for being like, well, you know what France does, and we're like, boo, you'll never get elected on the France ticket. You have great was ideas. in like a North by Northwest. Like gray suit that was fitted. I was like, oh, like that guy's Our mad guy that no one, one told him that like everyone else was in blue in front of a blue backdrop talking into a blue state. Like it's just. <laughs> but this guy was wearing the pink tie, right? We like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like a man in a pink tie. This is our first primary in a while. I, I think maybe they could have planned a little better on that. <laughs> so you've suffered through, like you've you've done this expansion, but you've been in the state the whole time. What have you witnessed over the last decade that I I missed? <laughs> um, what's the history of politics? <laughs> well, uh, you might know about Sam Brownback and what happened when he took office. Here is Brock the best part about Sam Brownback. I, I just came from home where I... Uh, yeah, he just got back today. I had a screamy fight with my family because my mother is now unironically calling me a snowflake. 
Everyone learned a new word. For not engaging in debates with the family. And I was like, uh, not, not engaging in debates about those women who are aligned to get money about Republicans. Oh, no. Yeah, rape apologism. Yeah. Uh, tricky, tricky fun time. Uh, but I wasn't going to bring it up. You brought it up and I will fucking talk about it if you bring it up. That's fine. We'll yeah. back away from it quickly. Uh, my mom was calling me a snowflake. And I was like, uh, amongst everything I'm fighting here, being called a snowflake, like, sincerely... Is so upsetting. Like it's such a weird thing. I was like, I, I was prepared for so many things. I'll have the debates about the stuff, but like the the snowflake part. Good God, why? Uh, <laughs> and it is it is about trying to figure out how we uh, have a sense of communication that follows that through. You have the same Are family. You asking, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, he his family lives a mile from my family. We have the same thing. What is it that you go through? How often do you go back home? Well, actually, everybody in my immediate family, uh, we talk politics pretty regularly. Are they, Um, like, are they blue or? So my mom identifies as independent. Or do they just hate you? Um, (laughs) She's she's a registered Republican because we need somebody to vote for the least crazy person in that lineup. (laughs) Um, My dad has always been a Republican his his whole life uh he actually got really excited about bernie sanders campaign um he spends a lot of his downtime which isn't much because the dude still works 50 plus hour weeks regularly um even at the age of 60 oh no 68 anyway (laughs) Your, your dad i remember from high school as just this idea of this like um oh uh 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 what is it when uh, Miss Piggy and everyone is a kid in the cartoon show? Muppet Babies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, we had this very Muppet Babies relationship where your dad was just like a pair of socks that was like, I'm working all the time. It's like, <laughs> yes. all right, well, I'll never see Mr. Cervopoulos. Right. It's fine. Hey, he still came to all of our shows. He yeah. Made time, he, he would made show up and you would, like, you would see like a shadow that was blurred for some reason. <laughs> I was like, Nick's dad's here. It's nice. <laughs> he, he really does uh, continue that immigrant work ethic where he just doesn't know what not working feels like so he still shows up insane hours but when he's not doing that he is a bright guy and likes to further educate himself by uh taking random college courses online and he's spent a lot of time um in econ classes and so it's it's weird to actually go home and my like republican dad is spouting like socialist economic mm. theories, and he's the only good Bernie bro. <laughs> right. I really appreciate and maybe this. the oldest Bernie bro. Well, look, I not... voted for Bob Dole, but I I've listened to what Bernie has to say. I don't know, but then I just went alphabetically, and he was there. So <laughs> <laughs> I broke Brock. I but, but so he's, he, he's uh, gotten to the point now. He's actually voting for Democrats for the first time in his wow. life these last couple elections because it it's gotten way too far. It yeah. really has. This last couple of weeks was to see my family who voted for Trump and and thinks Hillary Clinton still is the worst person that ever lived. Uh, but like somebody brought up Sam Brownback in our house, and my entire family went. Brownback, and I was like, "Oh well, fucking okay." So we all agree that Sam Brownback is the worst person. Which, if That's you've been listening, uh, Sam Brownback was just uh, picked by the Trump campaign. He is leaving Kansas. 
uh, to go be our sort of Christian police around the world. He's going to go to countries and be like, you're not treating Christians good enough. And that's the job that that piece of shit should have. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is actually, uh, unfortunately, a good job, even though I think it's kind of a terrible thing. Um, it, but that, it's that, very funny because I have friends that are, like keep getting cast on like TV shows that get canceled very quickly in LA. They're like, we're like the the NCIS of like, but we're going to foreign countries and like it's always a couple episodes in people are like, hey, no one wants to see you go to Chile and like torture a bunch of people. Like, right? The, stay here, stay here and torture Americans. Let's all agree on that. Yeah, it's it is a but weird these... thing to be like that. Brownback has become uh, what the Trump world has been like. This is what works, and it doesn't work. It's it, an insane it thing, not. and it doesn't make sense. Uh, a lot of Kansans are really excited to have Brownback moving on and getting out of here. But what sucks is that's indicative of the the larger problem of these kind of coke backed candidates. Is they come in? Sorry, he's uh, talking their... about the Koch brothers uh, who have no cocaine-backed candidates. That's what we call no, no. Well, kind I, of. I think K O C H is a drug. I'm sorry, I'm stuck in California also, politics. And it's probably more damaging than any but other. There, there are rumors that the Koch brothers are involved in cocaine trading. It's yeah. impossible to. I mean, people down. are saying these things, so it. Could possibly be people true. say allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, we don't have a legal team yet. We're I don't a very know. new I podcast. Can't verify. Allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> these people they tell me. Um, no, but uh, so these these guys come into office and they act like wrecking balls and try to dismantle any sensible policy mm-hmm. by just rallying anti-government hate. And then when their time is over, they move on. And in Sam Brownback's case, he's getting a cushy job being America's top Christian abroad. And they get taken care of by wow, the machine. what a great job. It's a pretty sick thing <laughs> to see happen. And then it's the next crazy person up. Um, and in our case, in Kansas for governor, it's looking like the likely Republican nominee is going to be Chris Kobach, who is, uh, in my opinion, probably 10 times worse than Brownback. Hmm. Um, For one, he's more vile, he's more racist, he's slimier, and he's also smarter, which makes him uh, far more threatening. Wouldn't it just be amazing if, like, more racist wasn't a detractor for a political (laughs) candidate? Like, just... Just if we could take that out of the mix and focus on actual policy. It would be like, nice, but uh, in Kobach's case, he actually has made a career of stirring up racist hate. Um, he's been general counsel well, to Well, yeah, how else do you group. win an election? Right. <laughs> oh my God. Um, he authored Arizona's crazy uh, racist show us your papers laws. Oh, my God. He writes columns for Breitbart. Um, and, and then has to deny that he's uh, being paid to do uh, political. Well, they only get fourteen eighty eight an an article. So- Viv has just made the best joke of the podcast. That's, do you know uh, about this? Did I don't you- know about so that. That's, so Stormfront, that's, okay, Daily Stormer, Daily Stormer, yeah, <laughs> uh, Daily Stormer, the Stormfront uh, publication uh, had their uh, publication guide uh, stolen this week by and, the New York Times. I by think. the New York yeah. Times. 
It's a uh, crooked New York Times. It's a 20 page <laughs> document. <laughs> it also includes things like try to make it seem like everything that you say is like a funny, like ironic well, joke. I mean, it, no, it's a, it's a, it's a style guide. A lot of it is typical stuff. Like when you do hyperlinks, don't include the spaces on either side of the words because that looks sloppy. But then they start going into. Uh, yeah, like, you know, couch your anti-Semitism in humor or like their, their ad of like, if we like your stuff, then we'll take it. If we don't, then you can publish it on your site. But if we take it, we'll pay you fourteen eighty eight, which fourteen eighty eight is an anti-Semitic term because 14 is the, four, sorry, Brock was going to say this, so I didn't actually no, have to ahead. say it because I don't know. I don't like, I just, I just want to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, 14 is an anti-Semitic term because it's the 14 words that something something i can't pay enough attention to the yeah the white race yeah uh and and eight eight is the is the eighth letter of the alphabet twice heil hitler like i just i i should have just just let you say it so i don't actually have to talk about it uh but the yeah the daily stormer had their style guide stolen not stolen but published publicly uh so everyone that writes for the site gets paid 1488 14 being the 14 words that uh cement our uh great white nation and the 88 being uh, can can i just say that he said that with an incre- incredibly sarcastic face yeah when brock said great white nation that was a sarcastic tone and the 88 is a hitler <laughs> reference uh so these guys are signing up to write for this fucking place. And they're like, well, I, it's not paying me a living wage, but it's paying me a racist amount I still, of money. I didn't know if that was a joke or <laughs> or if it was a joke and reality. Like, do they get paid more than that? I don't know. No, it's fourteen eighty eight. Well, I, I didn't know if that, yeah. was, if that was a joke in the style guide. I hope that's what they get paid because literally no one that writes for them deserves a cent more it, than that. It is what they, they don't deserve a $14.89. They just they, don't deserve it. They also get a list of like, here are the words that you should use for women. And it's about 11 of the worst things that you could come up with. And the same is thing. Is 11 for, a coded number? Not here. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I just didn't want, I, I looked them up on my phone. And I was like, I actually don't want to say any of these out loud. There's no need yeah. to, uh, but they're like, use these synonyms whenever possible. Uh, but the, the that's fine. I mean, I mean, I get it. I write. <laughs> I I don't have a style guide telling me to use cretin or spew is my favorite verb for what <laughs> when I'm talking about what Republicans say. I don't say say they spew hate and words. Like I get it, but also I'm getting paid more than fourteen eighty eight a post, and I uh, don't have anyone telling me what verbs to use. So I feel fine. But within the style guide, there is. Uh, there is a direct comment that says, hey, you know, every time we talk about the Jews, talk about this thing, this thing, uh, and, and you know, refer to them in this talk way. Talk about these 14 things and also these <laughs> 88, 88 things. things. Like, you're not fucking clever. <laughs> and they're like, say these versions of it. Uh, and they're like, but make it seem like sort of like this wink, wink, nudge thing that like drunk dudes would say at a bar and you would agree on. And then under that, the guy goes, we still want to gas them all. But like, let's just all agree. Like, it's it should it should come off as funny, and people can't really peg it down. It's like, yeah, you're not making it seem like people can't peg it down. Yeah. You piece of shit. Right. <laughs> so, uh, of all the leaks that have happened, it's just like, I can't believe that it would change anything. But I really hope that, like, in some way, that there were like three last advertisers still hanging on. They're like, well, I don't know. Aren't they racist? And it's like, here's his. Uh, 
gassing line within the style guide, and they're like, oh, well, finally, Toys R Us will no longer and advertise I, I on the, Stormfront. I hope the Toys R Us and the mm-hmm. advertisers care and show a conscience. Well, there's actually, there's been a big movement uh, this week. I I had not been following the um, j- the uh, page Sleeping Giants. Um, oh, in, you hadn't been. Yeah. I hadn't been in a, in a weird... In a weird turn, like, or not weird, like, advertising matters, and Mm. advertising matters because the way I found out about this was through John Lovett's hat that I saw in a picture. Uh, John Lovett, John Lovett from Crooked Media was wearing a, uh, uh, Sleeping Giants hat, and Sleeping Giants tweeted out, well, I guess that's how we know our merch went out, uh, and that's how I found out about Sleeping Giants, which, uh, has been doing a campaign, for anyone like me that wasn't following along because how else do you find out about these things except someone that you follow tells you about them. I mean, that's basically how Twitter mentions, like, work. Right. Uh, (laughs) But Sleeping Giants has been doing this, uh, this campaign to get people to... Among a lot of other things in figuring out like uh, how advertisers work and boycotting advertisers and all these things like uh-huh. uh, they they encourage. This is why, Brock, I sent you screen grabs of yes. some ads from Breitbart uh, <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> Uh, we didn't share these with anyone yet. No, and I also didn't tell you that this was why I had them. Like, they encourage <laughs> going to Breitbart, taking screen grabs of the ads you see there, and then tweeting at the advertisers. And apparently, um, uh, what is it? Not Is it Sirius Radio? It's... Yes. Yeah, the, the like, in-the-car radio. That's Sirius Radio, yes. right? Um, I'm such a fucking old Luddite. Um, <laughs> but uh, people have been... Tweeting at them incessantly, uh, telling them, like, we see your ads on Breitbart, and people have been canceling their serious radio. Uh, they've been they've been really vocal in it and vocal with their with their money. They've been active with their money, uh, both with their vo- their voices and their money, and canceling their subscriptions. And I haven't. I'm not sure exactly what serious radio's response has been, but I know that they've had. A response, and I mean, this is well. They had uh, they had offered Bannon a show, and that's why everyone started bailing on them. Well, yes, but also because yeah. I think they've been advertising on Breitbart, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so people have been canceling their subscriptions, like left and right. They've been actually getting getting a response from the advertisers. Yeah, uh, and a lot of big names have been refusing to do interviews on their network this week. Yeah, yeah it was a uh, it was a huge. It, in in the world of like pushing back against uh, consumerism and advertising, there was a gigantic thing that wasn't reported on. Enough. But also, let's keep throwing those Keurigs off the railings. Like, yeah, I don't know. Both sides, <laughs> both both sides are they. Anyone that doesn't agree <laughs> with companies that advertise on right. <laughs> various sites, both sides are welcome to tell the sponsors how they feel. The people that rail against Keurig for, for you know, pulling their sponsorship from Sean Hannity after he doesn't really care that Roy Moore has all these accusations against him. Like, that's fine. I do not care. I support them right. in, in uh, speaking their opinions with their dollars. That is what we as Americans are able to do. 
I think they're ridiculous, <laughs> but I think that they are using the channel, the same channels that I support other people using just because I think that they are fucking dumbasses who support a, <laughs> a, an alleged pedophile, alleged because no one can sue us, alleged, uh, like whatever. They're still using the, the channels that I respect, but I am so happy to see, uh, <laughs> These people like pulling their subscriptions from this satellite radio stations, from all of these things. And one of the best parts about Sleeping Giants is that what they do is that they uh, they acknowledge the fights that are, that are theirs and the fights that are like, yeah, this person's being shit. This isn't the thing we're going to take on right mm-hmm. now, but like, be aware. Mm-hmm. That's what they're, if, if you guys want to personally take on this thing. But they just take on the fucking worst of the worst. And when they take that on, they're like, Let's all get on board for this. And overwhelmingly, that has been the only reason that a lot of dudes have had to leave Fox News and mm-hmm. places like that. Right. Uh, and we've learned today, because Fox uh, did a major sale to Disney, that the president of the United States called Rupert Murdoch. Allegedly. Allegedly. To allegedly. make sure that Fox <laughs> News is still in his hands, because otherwise... Which means we're never going to get Captain America to fucking punch Sean Hannity in the face, which is... All I want in the world, and also I think all Chris Evans wants in the world. Nick, you're still here. <laughs> Can we have Stephen Colbert dressed up as Captain America punching Sean? He Hannity has the, in the shield. Face? He does have. He the, has it. He has the shield. That's an excellent yeah. point. That's an excellent <laughs> point. Thank you, My baby. God. <laughs> it's signed. He's had it the whole time. Uh-huh. In fact, now I'm mad that he's had it the whole time and hasn't used it. Actually, well, let's call out Stephen. What do you Colbert. think he's saving it for? <laughs> <laughs> what is it like for you? And and this is like a fun thing to do to somebody that used to be a best friend. I haven't talked to in ten years. What has this been like for you to watch like Trump come up and all this stuff? Are you just like constantly in your head like screaming alone, or what is this? <laughs> uh, it's been kind of a roller coaster, actually. Um, I so he rode down the golden escalator. <laughs> And said that all Mexicans are rapists and drug dealers. And by the time we got to the first Republican debate, I actually watched that laughing. Um, I thought, this guy's a goddamn idiot. Nobody in their right mind would ever support this. As a reminder, at the first Republican debate, the first question was, uh, will will everyone here promise that they will not uh, run as an independent later? And Donald Trump was the only one that did not agree to that. And this is right. where my personal Quantum Leap episode flashes back to trying to stop that ever from progressing. That that would have been a good point to stop it because I, I think that's one of the points that he got uh, like this, the anti-establishment vote that he stood up to these big bad parties that what he... What a fun joke that will definitely never, ever come back right. to hurt us, ever. He's gonna do what's right, no matter what, no matter what the cost. And we can laugh at ourselves and at him. And, well, I, I still laugh at him while he's yeah. tweeting from the I toilet and everything, because that's pretty much what I'm doing when I'm on Facebook <laughs> arguing with crazy trolls, is that's my, my downtime in when I'm doing my number twos, just like Donald Trump <laughs> tweets. This is this wonderful moment that, like... Also, now that we know what he eats, 
That is definitely the majority of his day. Is Just Chick Fil A's, not 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 shooting through the way they should. And the the twelve diet cokes a day. Yeah. That's a diuretic. So that's he's he's in there making lots of BMs. Just. Every just everyone listening, please off. mail Donald Trump a squatty potty, <laughs> and maybe we can get those fillet of fishes and diet cokes through him quicker. <laughs> but unfortunately, the reality started setting in that oh my god, there are enough terrible people in this country that this guy actually has a chance yeah. to win, and and then he did. Uh huh. Um. And. Yeah, it's it still says on my Avo profile that I do mostly family law work, but mm-hmm. I've jumped more into criminal defense now because um, that's one area that I think that I can be involved in in pushing back. Uh, he proposes all this authoritarian stuff, like we're gonna restore law and order and all this stuff. Uh, he sounds like the supervillain of every <laughs> movie ever. Um, but and, like, but like the boring kind that has overtaken so many Marvel and DC movies, where the villains are the least interesting part of the movies. He's just like he's just something to rail against. He's not actually anything interesting that you'll remember in a couple of years. He's well, the Thor two of leaders. I don't even remember who the villain of Thor two was. Doctor Who. Wasn't that Oscar Isaac in CGI? No, no, no that was see, the X Men. That was uh, see, I don't remember, and hopefully. Hopefully, Donald Trump, Doctor Who, Donald Trump Strange will fade into that just background existence. Hopefully. But uh, unfortunately, he is really directing his Justice Department to... His Justice um, League Department is the Justice worst. <laughs> uh, we're having situations like, uh, and this is, this is happening in Johnson County and everywhere else, in the country, um, if if you have something like uh, identity theft, that's a new one that they're really harping on. Um, so, say you are in here in this country undocumented, and you need to get utilities or something. You make up a social security number. Uh-huh. Um, they are trying to charge all of those instances as identity theft to bump to bump people up to a level where they're deportable. And so there are, these cases are happening and uh court appointed counsel uh, which is me a lot of the time um not everybody is is so thorough uh will accept these plea deals and there are un like out of uniform, just plain clothes ICE officers waiting in courtrooms for the pleas to come down, and they're snatching people up and sending them off for a deportation. It's so trill how Dog the Bounty Hunter has become like a, a mega racist, mega localized version of a show. <laughs> that That's exactly it, though. Can I, can I ask a question, which maybe is too boring and personal, and maybe we'll edit it out, I don't know. Um, but is that this is actually just kind of maybe a personal question. Like, is that something that the person whose identity is stolen has to weigh in on? Because I've had my social security number used in that kind of instance, and I haven't done anything about it because I assumed, maybe wrongly, but I, I assumed it was just some, someone making up a number that happened to be mine, and I didn't do anything sure. about it. 
Like, would I have to weigh in on that for them to be charged in that way? Or is that something that's being pushed? No, no, that's being pushed from the, that's being pushed. Cause from I've the had that done that twice. And maybe, maybe I should have done something about that. I don't know. Has, or, now or that I'm, now that, well, no, <laughs> now that I'm saying out loud that that's been done to me twice and it's only been, uh, employers that have told me that that's happened. Otherwise I wouldn't have known. And I just kind of trust the system to take care of it. But also, also, I, I have just kind of given the benefit of the doubt that it hasn't been someone maliciously targeting me, right. but just someone using a random number to to get themselves work. And while I do suffer from that, like, the the suffering that I like have to have to endure is nothing compared to I'm sure the suffering that the person that had to make up a number to get a job had to endure and and it's my own privilege that makes me okay with not pursuing that tell my right. wife she needn't feel bad exactly. because this no I mean it's not, and, it's, and I, I know that I don't need feel to feel bad because I, I know if, I don't need to feel bad because I have not had a reason to feel bad I have been fine sure. but like I'm just wondering I'm just wondering if I have not known what has happened to those people. I have not known. I oh, wow. I have never. I never even. I I heard that my social social security number was being used. And to be honest, this is my super privileged state of like. I never even fucking did anything about it. I always just thought, <laughs> well, I'll be fine. I don't know. My mom is my accountant because my mom is a certified accountant. Like my mom does my taxes. I'm like. I, I get, I am a super fucking privileged person where I can just be like, I don't fucking know. I called my mom and was like, someone did this and like someone can take care of it. So I, what I'm saying is like, I am admitting, Jesus. I am admitting to the world that I have been in a position, the world's listening to this, right? I'm admitting to the world where that like, Fuck you world, I've do been, better. <laughs> I've been in a position where I can just not think about it. And while that means I haven't like pressed charges against the people that have used my my identity, I've also never thought about who they were, why they needed to do that, or what's happened to them afterwards. And so I guess I'm less concerned because it is my privilege to do this. I am less concerned with hunting down the people that did this, but I've also never had someone in front of me who can tell me like assuming that they didn't go through my garbage and get a like thrown out credit card report, assuming that they weren't targeting me directly. Like I've never, I've never had someone in front of me that can tell me like, who are the people that are doing this? Normally for, normally for identity theft to be charged, they have to have some kind of intent to uh, deprive you of something. If someone just makes up a number and it happens to be my number, uh, then I, I don't. Mean, then I don't think that's intent. And if it's they, not if intent, they ha- hopefully they have competent criminal defense counsel. What happens if they get caught? What happens if one? What happens if I'm the kind of person that wants to press charges about against that? But also, <laughs> what happens if if I'm not? Like, what happens if they just get caught using a different social security number? Like, I've never. I've never had to think about this. I have, I have a good one for this. Uh, my grandfather uh, ran a uh, oh yes road construction company for years, uh, and he mostly employed illegals. Uh, and uh, what would happen? Not, um, I'm sorry. Undocumented. No one. No one is fucking illegal. So sure, undocumented. Just, yeah. Uh, uh, but what would happen? No human is illegal. So no I just, human I have is to illegal. Yes. That. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what well, what he would run into, and 
he would never, ever push it on somebody is that uh, the government would ask, hey, give us the social security number for everybody working for you. And uh, uh, on his crew, the summer I was working at, four of the dudes were uh, ministers at different Hispanic churches. Uh, And then there was one white guy that was definitely the Unabomber. Uh, But like... (laughs) the the four Hispanic dudes all had I'm, uh they had numbers that didn't line up and every time the government would come in they would say hey these numbers don't line up and the reaction my grandfather had for 30 years in working in construction was to say hey you've got a week to give me new numbers and he knew what would happen and what would happen is that every time that would happen uh those guys would go to Denver they would hire a guy there who had access to the driver's license network would just assign them a new social security number from somebody from that list. And then that number would scan because that's the length to which that stuff has always gone to. No, is there, no one's ever scanned like a social security number and been like this also then links to their Facebook profile or any sort of picture of a person. They just need a number. And that number, if it scans is fine. And that's right. what happens so, in that situation. Cool. <laughs> what I'm wondering is because I'm curious, uh-huh. uh, as someone who has had their number used, which right. I assume is by chance, but I don't know. I've just, I've never known like what, what does that look like? Like what? I don't know how social security numbers work. Like what, what happens when someone gets caught doing that? Like, I... It depends on whether uh, that case is actually a legitimate case of identity theft. Like, I, well, I think in these instances where these people are pulling numbers is... out of thin air, okay. I, don't, I don't think they have the intent yeah, they to don't, assume they don't have to try and your... steal Vivian King, no, right? Yeah, no, they're, no, no. They're, they're not trying to collect uh, your benefits or anything like yeah. that they just want a number right. they can pass so they can go on working yeah. and making and when it happens probably less of a wage than any white person would be making which, doing their job which Congrats again is why yeah. yeah which again is why i didn't dedicate a year of my life to being like this person has to go down like <laughs> no but i just i I, 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 I wish this was a pledge we I, could all take as white people to not prosecute well, people that I, steal I our think numbers. That I'd never really thought about it because, again, a, a former employer brought this to my attention. I was like, I don't know that I'll deal with that eventually. But, but I mean, now I don't know. Um, I guess, I guess now we're dealing with these instances where. Um, where our all of our credit information has suddenly been compromised sure. and where uh it is all up for malicious attack or deliberate attack where people can can see numbers that is and say these are vulnerable and that that I think a lot of people view um I think I think that when I when I was told by a former employer like hey your number showed up um I think that now, if I heard that, I would think that it was someone deliberately attacking me or using my number specifically because they got it in a, uh, what's the company name? Equifax. Equifax, thank you. (laughs) Uh, I think that I I would, if someone said like, oh, your number just showed up, I would be like, oh, that's from the Equifax uh, breach. And um, when before, when this happened two years ago, I was like, 
I don't know, I'll tell my accountant slash mother about that. And I just am in a, luckily in a position where I don't really have to worry about it. Because one, again, my mother is my accountant. And two, I don't have any fucking money. Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't have to Come steal my debt, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, please, please steal my identity. I have more, I have so much more debt than I have money. Please do that. But if if uh, if I got that same message today, I would automatically assume that it was due to the breach and to someone finding my vulnerability and and finding that. And I guess I think that uh, I guess what I'm realizing is that social security numbers are a lot like I don't know coding in that like I know that they are the underlying. Uh, data of literally our entire existence, but that I don't know how they work. Like I don't, I don't know what someone can do with my social security number. It's a little different, different with the Equifax breach because that also gives them information to like my grandmother's maiden name and my birth dates and all these other things, and they can open accounts. But like, I think that I, I am once again on this podcast admitting how fucking naive I am but I only do so because I think that I am no different from the majority of Americans in that I literally do not know why it's important that someone can use my social security number to apply for a job it has only sort of started to change when I hear that everyone's social security numbers have been breached by hackers like i just i i i don't know so i guess i'm wondering well that's a really good point like uh we're just we're just all fucked in this way and that's what leads you to care we all have this information change your password and you're like "Mm, i won't like i get (laughs) i get what someone can do if they figure out my twitter password if someone if someone uses my social security number to get a job uh i I have been fucked by someone using like my information to get a car loan and then getting and then having that car impounded. I have had that happen to me. And those but, people absolutely should be prosecuted. Exactly. But this is if, also horrifying to find out about my wife having her credit score destroyed. I don't know. I was I was white and suburban and twenty. <laughs> my parents took care of it. I don't know. I assume it's been resolved. <laughs> But, like, it's just, I don't know. I guess, I'm not, I don't even know what question I'm asking. We, we, like, we're, we're both in this place where it's like, defraud, you, you, that, that come, would be, that, that, <laughs> that would be. But I guess what I'm asking is, like, so many people, we got started on this forever <laughs> ago because people are so scared of being defrauded. Of people, white people are so scared of people of color defrauding them, stealing their information. Doing yeah. all these things, and I where this started before I got off on all my own like anecdotal tangents was like I I was asking like I don't even know really what it means to uh, have I don't know to have a so- social security number these things that people are so afraid of of being defrauded I think people are just afraid of these ideas oh. and I don't think that anyone really knows. How often these things happen deliberately, especially not like with intent to defraud, right. not just like pulling numbers out of thin air. Uh, Sorry, I don't know. Let's default to you. Tell yeah. us about your experience here. 
Well, um... Yeah, what happens? So, how often does it happen? Yeah, who's bad and who's not bad? That, that was just one <laughs> example. Apologize we, to my wife. We, we, no, we, apologize <laughs> to the world on behalf of me, please. Yeah, uh, <laughs> your, your like, concerns Like, can you leave that as my outgoing message, just apologizing <laughs> to everyone? <laughs> no, your, your concerns are very valid, and if, if I don't it even is know a, what they an are. instance <laughs> where somebody is taking your information to open accounts or... To actually defraud you again—that that's intent. Those people like, absolutely. Intent have to is be a thing I understand. What I don't like, understand is these numbers that identify us through social security or credit numbers, credit scores, these things. What I don't understand are these numbers that identify us through the matrix that is our lives. And if we take a well, red pill or a blue pill, and what can you explain about the uh, world? To is me? the person <laughs> taking that information a really, really? Bad person. See, that's if the they thing know I what don't even doing, care about because I know then... what to do about that. You punish them through the law. I don't know. I don't know. But right. like uh, the, these things about like just numbers existing that represent us that can sometimes be used. I don't know. To I, I literally don't know what I'm asking. Um, I... Terrence, edit all of this out, <laughs> please. Well, uh, this this whole. Uh... Identity theft hypothetical came up. I, I was just listing things that are actual changes that are directives from this Jeff Sessions Trump Justice Department. Uh, things that are happening that are impacting lives in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only, I, I, there are legitimate cases that exist. Right. And there's reason to be worried when people are using your information for fraudulent purposes. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the cases that are being brought are meant to unjustly punish um, people whose only crime was trying to make the American dream work. Um, and so that, that was one of, one of my examples. Um, if I could change course and throw out another one. Uh-huh. Um, our office has represented a woman who uh, called local police to report that her teenage daughter had been sexually assaulted upon arriving at the house to investigate the officer suspected i'm using air quotes that she might be unlawfully present in the united states proceeded to search her entire house demand all of these documents uh proving her status and when she said, you know, I'm having trouble understanding. I don't speak English that well. Uh, They claimed that they called the translator, which they're supposed to have somebody on standby to help translate in these situations. Um, They claimed that they called the translator. They were never able to produce any documentation that they actually talked to a translator, but proceeded to search this woman's home unconstitutionally and dig up all the stuff to prove their weird suspicion that, oh, here's a lady who doesn't speak English very well. She's probably illegal. Let's find a way to make her guilty of that crime. And th- this is another top-down directive. Uh, of This is a direct result of this election, that we are destroying people's lives Um for no other crime than to try to make it in America. Do you find so that you're suddenly I, doing this like sort of comic book version of like uh, resistance where it's like 
the rules just switched overnight, uh, uh, and now that's what we're doing. A little bit, yes. Yeah. I never thought I would be a criminal defense attorney. Um, <laughs> well, suddenly, and a apologies whole lot of to new my professors in school. <laughs> I I really didn't pay attention to the criminal classes that well. I skated by, got some C pluses. Um, you thinking are, like you're my most C plus friends. So I'm this never going to practice in this area. Why do I need it? But. As a result of this election, I, I have uh, made a much more conscious effort to get on all of the local appointment lists mm-hmm. um, to try to fight back. Like, I, I'm not the first person to comment that the this administration looks like a budding wannabe authoritarian regime. So and you're to push so you're a communist. Uh, by some people's definition, probably. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're defending the like the Constitution and like all these things that we've always considered American, but now that Trump is in office, you're you're the enemy. Right. Yeah. Because those things are now garbage, according to basically everything we're being told. It's it's very productive to talk to somebody whose uh, job has changed in both uh, scope and in specificity around what this is. Like you, you are dealing with the like fucking trickle down fallout of what this is. Right. Yeah, your description of your job is indelibly American. <laughs> um, I love. But the now you're like the I, enemy. I'm a patriot. I don't. These people who call I, themselves patriots. I have. Uh, um, Brock and I have talked about this. The the confluence of the Trump administration and Hamilton the musical. Uh, <laughs> between the two of those, I have never felt so American. I I have always been a California liberal Democrat. I have always thought that I was the resistance, but the resistance was against you know, mainstream American politics, I have never actually taken pride in the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and suddenly I am, I, suddenly I want to wear, like, American flag apparel to the 4th of July parades in every city in America. Like, I have never felt so, I have never felt like a patriot in the way that I do now. Because I, I care about, I care about the Constitution. I specifically care about one amendment, and that is the first. And the fact that the people that declare themselves true Americans care about also one amendment, and that is the second. Just because they care about one, that does not mean that they are bigger patriots than I am. I have literally never considered myself an American patriot, and I... I really do now. I am. I feel so fucking American in a it way is. I never have before, uh, and no one gets to take that and from me. What's terrible now is we spend a lot of time fighting about first and second amendments while. <laughs> well, Roy thought, Moore just wants to get rid of everything after the tenth. <laughs> our fourth amendment has died a very slow. Which one death. is that again? This protects you against unlawful Andrew searches and seizures. Oh, I thought that was the fifth. No, that's the speaking against. Yeah. Well, that's what people, I mean, that's kind of what the second was originally of, like, you can protect yourself against 
<laughs> against like uh, out outsiders trying to get in, but now they're like, no, fucking bump stocks. That's what the second was always about. Right. And that, that that's the right of every American to own that stuff. Exactly. Which is the right of every American is to right shoot as American, many fucking people as they can in a yeah. few seconds. The way that, that the this big biggest Second Amendment proponents characterize it, that right has only existed since two thousand seven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the, the, the Heller case. Yeah. <laughs> and we all drink wine. I'm drinking to the death of our, our yeah. Fourth Amendment. What, one of my favorite things to write about has been, uh, hey, it's the day after a, a massive shooting. What video games do I play today? Because uh, it really cuts down your list. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, and, and like once a year, there's one that I'm just like, mm, fucking, what do we do today? And I ask people. And I'm like, yeah, Tarantino Ugh. is no longer a great cinematic escape. Uh um, I have watched Inglorious Bastards a couple mm-hmm. of times. Actually, you know I, what? I, that's worth a rewatch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good time. Um, um, okay, but there are a lot of people that will call you un-American for calling out Nazis all of a sudden. True. <laughs> Jesus. And, and that's the I love it when my wife loves things. <laughs> And, and she loves were... hating Nazis, and we both agree on that because we're I'm like, sorry. Shouldn't everyone love hating Nazis? We should. We cut, should all cut, cut my fucking mic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this I is... thought it was American to hate Nazis. Suddenly, no, it's not anymore. And it shouldn't be hard that to that it's... hard to condemn Nazis. Seriously, but for some people, it I... is. I want to ask you because, like, I I watch you be outspoken on social media, which we have very few friends from high school that I've done such a thing. Uh, do you ever worry that like you'll be saying stuff on social media that's like fuck Trump or fuck this thing that will come into your courtroom because that's the place we are? Um, if, if they bring it up, quite honestly, my attitude is, is fuck it. Um, <laughs> have, have you ever, I'm, I'm self-employed at this point. They can't, they can't harm me. I'm, you've never had your, practice. you've never had your personal life or your social media accounts, uh, bleed into your professional life it hasn't happened yet but we're both super fucking jealous like we both have boners for the idea that that well, doesn't happen but also i mean but also do you do you try to keep them separate or do you take cases that also that wouldn't be an issue well honestly uh anything i do on social media i don't think i'm doing anything that crazy yeah <laughs> i'm i'm only speaking rationally at least this is so fucking funny because you are perhaps the most outspoken, outspoken person, especially from my high school that I see like every day. You're like, here's what the Trump administration is doing. Fucking fuck, fuck, fuckity, fuck, fuck to this. They're and doing all of the terrible things at once, which makes mm-hmm. it exhausting. And you, yeah. like, you have to post stuff every day and you yeah. have to get involved in all these fights because somebody's well, probably. That's why I love this, to- because it seems like a lot of people probably don't do this thing because they're like, oh, I'm afraid. Well, that there's might I mean, there's the I mean, there's the very recent. Is it Rosenstein? Rosenstein? Yeah. Is that the dude that yeah. that, that, that was uh, called out for? That was yesterday. Yeah. yeah, is it? That's his name, though, right? Rod Rosenstein. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for being called out for sending 
anti-Trump tweets to his girlfriend on their personal time. Um, oh, it's not even him. It's somebody under him that was working on the thing. Oh, I thought it was him. And they fired that guy. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't... so many levels I wasn't removed. paying attention to his... But you're making a great point, which is that like four levels under you, somebody can be like, "Well, no, hey, my this my point, <laughs> my point really is that if you are sending texts to your girlfriend about how much you hate Trump, but your job is to be neutral about Trump, the trust that you can do your fucking job, <laughs> and the 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 purge, the attempted purge <laughs> of anyone that is slightly anti-Trump is is actually anti-democratic. It's undemocratic to only want people right. in the right. FBI or in, in the Secret Service, in any branch of government. If you will only accept people that are pro-you, right. uh, that is undemocratic. Uh, and so... Viv is hitting on a thing which is also like fucking neurotically insane this week, which is that like... Uh, me? I'm... I'm neurotically insane. I'm always neurotically insane. <laughs> uh, but it is the idea that the people in the uh, intelligence community uh, need to be non-political, where overwhelmingly people in that community are Republican, just like overwhelmingly uh, everyone in law enforcement across the well, country is Republican. If we're asking and them it's to fine. be apolitical while a commander in chief is telling them, yeah. Uh, I don't believe this intelligence. Right. I know more than all of yeah. the generals. I don't mean, uh, know. I felt it in my balls. Sorry, you guys are oh. risking your lives for nothing. Like that has to be disheartening. Oh. And if they're, if they, I can't blame them for speaking up. Also, I mean, I don't know. Brock had a Brock had a tweet go viral this week, uh, which is a <laughs> weird ass thing to say because you know. People uncovering this from the time capsule won't even know what that means. But uh, what's it means his name? My Tom Morello lives Tom forever. Morello is that yes, his name? Tom Morello oh, oh, yeah. from Rage Against the Machine. Brock had a great tweet this week, just like dunking on some dude who was like surprised that the 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 guy from Rage Against the Machine had political thoughts but that's that's a that's actually a bad Turns example it's so weirdly right. hot science to hear you describe it well it, it's, a, it's actually a bad example of what i'm trying to say because he put his politics into his work i write all the time about celebrities and their politics and uh i get really really upset not upset just disappointed um when when people I get disappointed when people are upset that celebrities also have politics because the people that criticize, like, okay, Jessica Chastain is the example that comes to my mind because she is a super fucking outspoken feminist and she is amazing. And people are like, I just want to watch you in uh, Miss Sloan. Like, whatever. I don't want to listen to your thoughts. But... Feminism is not politics, though, by the way. I hate that we have made this like a red It really thing. shouldn't be, and I really right like now. you for saying that, but it, but it is all the time. Uh, it really shouldn't be. But the dudes that are calling out, for example, one example of, of a million, uh, calling out Jessica Chastain for speaking politics when they just want to watch her movies, like, you go to these dudes... Twitter pages with their 39 followers and they are constantly talking about their political opinions. And like, yes, 
celebrities do use their political, they do use their status to preach to an audience, but also, uh, they are people who, when they're not in movies, they are allowed to have political opinions and you are allowed to not follow them on Twitter and Facebook. They are not always characters. They are also people. And when they are not, you, when people say like, we just pay to watch you sing songs and be in movies, then don't follow them on Twitter where they are actually people expressing their opinions. It's the same argument they uh, put at NFL players who decide to speak. Yeah. And, and the, just play like, football, do your job. The NFL, I, I can't believe I'm about to say the words <laughs> I understand, but just trust that I do not agree with. I think anyone criticizing the NFL players are fucking garbage, but at the very, very least, I understand the criticism that they are using their workplace of the NFL to to protest a thing. Uh, it's not during the game. They're not like they're not like catching they're not demanding that Black Lives Matter be written on the football that they catch. Like it's not oh, part that. of the game itself. And Jessica Chastain isn't only doing movies where you have to like pledge the f- feminist like pledge of allegiance in the theater before also can but we is she? can we make that a thing yeah <laughs> can i write the feminist can we, pledge of allegiance? we should have a feminist pledge of yeah allegiance. but but like all of these people they are fucking people colin kaepernick just jessica chastain rose mcgowan like they are all fucking people in addition to also being actors and like tom morello is a musician and like if you only want to see their work then only go see their work. Don't follow them on Twitter. Don't watch them, I don't know, like in the pregame. I don't know. Don't it's follow all... the person. Exactly. If you only want to see them play characters, then just go watch their work. And then like we don't have to go watch you spew your political beliefs to your 39 followers. Basically, everyone is garbage, and I hate everything. (laughs) Brock? (laughs) We had you here for a reason, Nick, and that reason was to ask what we can do that's proactive. You've been out here, you're doing this thing. We're wrapping up here. This is sort of the end of the show. What can we advise people to do locally? What would you want us to do locally? Who do you like? What's going on? Before we jump into that, can I just also, tell throw us we're out doing one okay. thing? This this has been <laughs> wonderful. We but here we are on this is the day that uh, the FCC overturned yeah. net neutrality, <laughs> and don't, we have, don't do this, we've man. Not, we've not we yet haven't mentioned yeah. That. When we're speaking of doing all of the terrible things <laughs> at once to try to exhaust people. That's one that we really, really can't miss yeah. because so many lives and opportunities depend on it. Well, can we... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You say your piece. Well, are, 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 we, are we wrapping up? Or are we, I no. shouldn't have yes. probably yeah. brought, brought in a, a whole new issue. No, no I, I've, I've, I've ignored it for the most part today. We've been talking about it like in our Slack channel at work and everything. But uh, I've been listening to... Brock's been out of town this week. And so I've, I've just... I have not left this house. And all I do is cook elaborate meals and listen to political podcasts. That's all I've done all week. And so I have... 
I can't even remember which podcast it was, but I have been placated by a few that have told me uh, this was always going to lose today. Uh, there will be appeals processes. There will be more votes. And this was always going to lose. There will be more fights to and come. And hopefully our Congress does something. Exactly. They have the power. But we have to do something to make our Congress do something. They're not just going to act out of the goodness of their hearts. We all have to do something. So I'm glad you brought it up. So what well, did you want and, and, to and, say and about that? And sometimes when we speak in... Uh, unanimous overwhelming voice congress listens uh-huh. uh we killed the horrible health care bill uh then there's other times like the uh the tax bill that americans were overwhelmingly against and yet that somehow still made it through so they they have a way of picking and choosing when the the people's voice matters i hope that net neutrality is an issue that they take up uh very seriously um, we'll see if that happens. So, calling and petitioning the government is always a good idea. Always write them, always call them. Don't just sign online petitions because they, they kind of throw those out. They don't take them seriously. Really get in their ear. Uh, fill all of their mailboxes. I love it when I call and they're like, this Senator can't take mm-hmm. any more messages because and you know what you can do fax all of their fax machines still take that still take yes. information still take overwhelming we'll, you know what we'll put a couple links in the bio yeah, in the sure. in the bio for this uh, this we episode just leave that there forever, right? well in in the in the bio for this specific episode sure. we'll put some links and um, whatever it is that that you do for work or uh, where. Wherever you live, there's something, some office. Uh, figure it out. What's the what's the lowest level thing that you can slide into? Run for that position. Uh, I I hope that, and I, I at least so far it seems like this resistance is more than just let's bash Trump and hate him because he's a fucking idiot, which he is. Mm. Um, I hope that it's uh, emboldening people to run for more offices and, to and it is. put themselves in positions where uh, terrible policies are to be administered mm-hmm. and stop that. Um, yeah, more, more women and more women of color than ever before are running for office right now. Um, we'll, maybe, we'll put another link in the bio, but uh, a great site, uh, Awesomely Lovey, L-U-V-V-I-E, has a list up today which today we're we're recording this is uh december 14th um but we'll we'll put a link in the in the description of here of this episode she has a list of over a hundred black women running for office in every state uh so today is the day that uh roy moore was defeated and he was defeated by black people and specifically black women voting who the democratic party systemically undervalues they un- they take they take for granted the democratic party which i am a lifelong party member but the democratic party systemically undervalues uh their voters of color and specifically their their black voters and their black female voters they just take it for granted that they're going to get those votes and black women fucking got uh Doug Jones in office um that's true it would not have ha- i mean and 
And and and it so was, it was women in leadership that started turning things around yeah. in Kansas. Also, yeah, um, when the legislature voted to overturn the uh, part of the crazy tax bill that Brownback forced through, uh, it was women reaching across the aisle and forming yeah. a coalition. That look, this is not helping <laughs> anyone, and it's destroying our state. Can we please conjure up enough votes to kill this thing? And they in the Kansas legislature turned up enough votes to overturn a governor's veto. And that was awesome. That's, that's, that's what happens when we put women in charge of yeah. uh, making decisions. So I, I'm happy it's amazing. to see more of that happening. Our, our, our attention span is like two seconds long. So by the time this episode is up in a day or two, we won't be talking about the black women that got Doug Jones elected anymore. But we need to be, and so Awesomely Lovey, L-U-V-V-I-E, has a list of over 100 women that, uh, over 100 black women that are running for office across the country that you can vote for if you're not in their state. Donate to the Twitter today, which again, by the time this episode is up, will be an eternity ago in, <laughs> in internet like lifetimes, but uh, Twitter today is all about thanking, praising black women, calling them God, doing everything, but, uh, which they fucking deserve, but, uh, what is the next step? What can you do to actually ensure, like, Doug Jones's, uh, cabinet should be entirely black women, or at least, like, people of color, or women, or anything, but, like, what is, what is, when we're done today, thanking them and praising them and and making all of our Twitter statuses about how black women are God. Like, what are we actually going to do? And what are our politicians going to do? And if we just post statuses today and then ignore it, right. well, that's garbage. So maybe in a month or two, look at what Doug Jones's uh, cabinet is actually, like, who makes up those positions. And just, like, I don't know, please don't, Please don't post your status about how you call uh, Mark Ruffalo posts a status about how like he praised God and God was a black woman. And like, I don't know. OK, but what's going to happen tomorrow? Like, what are you actually looking at in terms of who is running politics? And we all we all have a voice now. Like anyone, anyone that voted for Doug Jones, anyone that campaign for Doug Jones anyone that tweeted about Doug Jones like can can follow up in a couple days and yeah. and uh make sure that he doesn't ignore the people that got him elected Nick uh where can people find you and support your work uh you can find me on Facebook <laughs> Um, it's a weird or, laugh, my man. Well, <laughs> well, also you. I'm sorry. You seem to be a person that is sure. not necessarily on the internet. Like you have a job in law. Like you. This nor- doesn't help you. Yeah. Nor normally, normally we have people on <laughs> that are like internet writers or whatever. Is there anywhere online that you want people to find? Should you? we ignore you though? <laughs> if people need a lawyer, well, where should they find you? Uh, <laughs> I am still working on my website, but you can find me at kccounselor.com. Cool. What is a thing in pop culture you've been enjoying lately? TV show, Netflix show, album? Can we also Uh, expand that to, like, politics culture? Yeah, yeah, totally. Is there anything you want to promote right now that you've been enjoying or 
invested in? Uh, well, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. I'm pretty invested in this Josh Spotty for governor campaign. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about that. And yeah. I, I, I hope. And that's Kansas, that, right? That yeah. it, so that we can't vote That is governor there. of Kansas. Yeah. Um, and we have the opportunity to put someone up who can win the entire state and fight back against this extremism that we've seen. I think Kansans have seen enough of that, and I, I think you're you're about to watch uh, Kansas go blue in 2018 um, and uh, prove what William Allen White once said, that <laughs> what happens to America happens first in Kansas. Uh, you guys have arrived at a good time. This is the turning of the tide, and... Really, for being an insignificant sort of flyover state, this is kind of a microcosm of what happens in national politics. And I, I'm excited to be a part of it as well as I hope you are. Vivian at Vivian uh, at Viv underscore Kane on you, Twitter. Uh, what do you <laughs> want to promote? You, yeah, usually you ask me just to clarify that's Viv underscore Kane. Yeah. At Twitter. Yeah. Um, uh, so we've been listening to a shit ton of podcasts lately, and we we were listening to one, and we heard an, an ad for another, and we're like, that sounds interesting. And then <laughs> I binged it all in one night when Brock was back uh, in, in Kansas with his family. Uh, the podcast yeah. Uncivil is fucking amazing. It's... it's uh, it's all about the Civil War and, uh, and like, things that happened in the Civil War, but also how it influences today. Like, every episode is different. Every, every, every episode is different, and every episode is amazing. And my absolute favorite episode is called, what are we, The Soldiers? Yes. About, one, women, uh, women in the Civil War reenactment scene, and also about trans men in the actual civil war and about the overlap between them and it's how and how women <laughs> about how uh, like part of it is about how women trying to take part in the civil war reenactment scene try and use trans men in the actual civil war as a way in and how that is denied as like historically you can't even prove that there were trans men <laughs> in the civil war and so and it so they have to find other ways but like <laughs> it's just it's like it's a 40 minute episode and it is amazing but also the the entire series is is fantastic i binged it in in, in literally a night so is that through slate no it's through it's through gimlet yeah, I don't know. We the the it's through, the it's nothing. The podcast uh, uncivil. It's yeah. great. It's fantastic. Uh, and that will uh, transition into mine. Uh, <laughs> subscribe to uh, what a hell of a way to die, which is uh, <laughs> two leftist military dudes. Uh, they're covering a topic that no one else is covering, which is to be uh, post military. They both had like secret security clearance and they've both served in Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, they're back here and think that a lot of stuff is bullshit Uh, and the last episode that they did uh, one of them wrote a funny listicle 
based on Seb Gorka's list of all his his carry pack, which is like he's like I carry two pistols with me everywhere I go, and then there's this uh, flashlight, and that's the flashlight of a motherfucker who doesn't die and stuff. And everyone was like, "Who the fuck is he? He just drives to Fox News every day to be racist." Uh, and so. One of the guys from the show wrote like a very funny listicle joke thing. It was like, oh, do you need a flashlight? Your flashlight should be this rifle that you can actually like put together. Uh, and a guy named Marine Todd wrote, wrote to him and was like, and wrote a piece that was doubly long from the funny listicle piece explaining all the flashlights he should have bought instead. Uh, and it's one of those things that's like me and Viv both writing on the internet Sometimes you get a lunatic that writes to you and you're like, this is for no one. This is such a great podcast episode because these guys are like, this is like a fucking for no one moment. But let's just celebrate it and we'll read it out loud in a character voice. And it makes me so happy to listen to. Uh, so that has been uh, Missouri Loves Company. Nick, anything left to plug? Uh one last thing, yeah. if I could. We we mentioned the like name humanity earlier. in general. Um, a, a good place to go if you're looking for something encouraging, voices of reason in a very red red sea. Uh, check out Ma- Majority Fifty Four. Yes, it's yes. Jason Candy. We really podcast. we like that a lot. Um, at Majority Four on Twitter, and they're also on Spotify. And also, if you just Google Majority Fifty Four, is that part of Crooked Media? Yes, Slate. That's Slate. We listen to everything from Crooked Media, and we listen to everything from Slate. And so that one that we, oh, I'm we sorry, get that's the mix up. Media. Yeah. Okay. So wrong. we get we you get the right, mix up. I was wrong. Say that again. Is my ringtone. Baby, <laughs> you were right. I was wrong. Terrence, cut that out. It makes me uncomfortable. Keys to a happy marriage. Sexual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we like uh, Majority 54 a lot. Thank you for plugging it. We listen. You have any last thing? I love you. I love you too. <laughs> okay. Nick, thanks for coming, man. I love you. Thanks for having <laughs> yeah. me. Yay.